you are here on purpose with a purpose by design. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Purpose by Design. You're here by design, not by default. I am Pamela Hinkle. Thank you so much for joining again for another amazing podcast, video, vlogcast episode. And today, I am excited to share with you the story of a lovely woman named Susara, who I have come to know really a divine connection that Susara and I share because we didn't know each other until we entered into a ministry group together and we didn't enter it together, but we ended up together within the group. And it's so fun to see how God's hand divinely works, isn't it? And then prayer partners and just different things. And Susara, I am so excited to have you on the show today. Thank you for coming. Thank you for being willing to share your story and and see lives transformed and changed. So from the very onset here, why don't you enlighten us all and tell us, Susara, who are you? Hi, thank you so much, Pam, for um, inviting me on. I greatly, greatly appreciate it. Every opportunity to serve, I'm just just grateful to God for every opportunity. Um, My name is Susara Imada Jamon. I am originally from um, Liberia, West Africa. And um, I, I was blessed to come to the U.S. over 20 years ago with my mother. And, um, you know, throughout the years I've lived here and God has been faithful to me. And um, in uh, my quest living in the U.S., the Lord drew me nearer to him. And um, ever since then, I've been serving the Lord and, um, you know, the Lord has been faithful. Yeah. Amen. Very faithful. So you've been here, did you say 20 years? No, about 25, 25 years. 25 years all the way from Liberia. Wow. That is an amazing, amazing story. Okay. Now, if you don't have your paper and your pen out, people, or whatever you choose to write on, it's always good to have that because I know that Susara is going to drop some gold nuggets today and you're going to want to capture them. So here is a question for you, Susara. If you could have a billboard anywhere on a big interstate and you wanted to share a message on it for all those that would go by, what would your billboard say? It would say, are you born again? That's what my billboard would say. Are you born again? Do you know Jesus? And why would that be? Why would you want it to say that? I am, you know, I believe that we are here by the grace of God, that Jesus died for our sins. He died for us to be reunited with Christ, with God, whenever the Lord chooses to come. And in this season that we're in, it's very, very important that we have a relationship with the Lord, that we know the Lord in order to continue surviving and persevering. Without Jesus, we are nothing. Without God, we are nothing, and we will be nothing without the Lord. Yeah, that is so true. But for the grace of God, go I, right? Yes, (laughs) yes, yes, yes. You know, as difficult as things can be and are in this world around us, I so often have just kind of reflected on it, Susara, like how do people manage without God? Like, because there's difficult things we go through, but when you know that you have a Lord 
who is with you, who never forsakes you, who will never leave you, who will guide you, who will protect you. You truly are never alone. And so I think that's beautiful, what your message would say. Asking people, really, do you know you're not alone? Do you know you don't have to be alone? Do you know you don't have to do this life alone? You know you don't have to have all the answers. There's somebody that can that knows them for you and mm -hmm. that you can walk this path with God. And that is that is huge. That's a beautiful gold nugget today. So yeah. with that, we want to hear your story. We already know that you've been here 25 years, that you came across the big pond from a long way away to get here. And obviously God brought you here because you've talked about that, that yeah. you, know, you were brought here for a reason. And so we want to hear your story. So fire away. Tell us your God story. <laughs> well, um, you know, and it's funny because I've never shared my personal life and story in a more public uh, manner. But I pray that the Holy Spirit will help me be able to articulate um, who I am. So I was born and raised in Liberia, uh, you know, by my mom and dad. Um, and, you know, I grew up in uh, Liberia during um, the Civil War. So up until I was about, let me see, I think I was about five years old or six when the Civil War started back in 1988, 1989, between 89 to 1990. And uh, we went through a lot, my family and I went through a lot. We saw, you know, as a child, a lot of things that happened. Um, people were killed, people were murdered. And over um, that part, you know, uh, during that time, my mom actually almost got killed in front of us. Um, but but that was, was the habit that the gun didn't go off. And at that point in time, my father was a politician. And so in Africa, in overseas, I'm not, you know, how much knowledge your audience may have, but in overseas, politics can be very brutal. Politics can be very crazy where people end up losing their lives and at times where families can be assassinated and all of that. So there's a whole lot of things that goes on with politics overseas. So I hate politics. But anyhow, um, in the midst of it all, God has been our strength. He's been our provider, our shield. Um, in so many ways, there are things that could have happened to our family. I shouldn't be here today. But by the grace of God, we're here. There are many families that are not here anymore. There are many uh, children who are not here. There are many, uh, you know, mom and dads who are not here. But God has been faithful to me and my family, my siblings, that we were able to have our parents throughout that season of our lives. And so I'm grateful. And um, fast forward two years later, um, my family has, has always been in church and, you know, uh, not, I wouldn't say really knowing the Lord per se, but we went to church just like most families, you go to church, but you really don't have a relationship with the Lord. And um, I grew up in an Episcopal church. Yes, they taught the Bible, but, um, you know, the lifestyle and the word of God was totally different. There's a lot of there was a lot of compromises and things that we saw growing up within the body of Christ that. Um, really didn't give us a good understanding of who God was who, or who God is. And so um, somewhere down the line, the Lord brought me and my, my mother here to the United States first. 
And so in the course of me being in the United States, I, you know, gave my life to Christ and I decided to walk away from the Episcopal Church because at that point in time, there are so many things that were being taught within a church that did not align with God's word. And as I grew thirsty for the Lord, the Lord started to open my eyes and see certain things in his word compared to um, what people were doing within the body of Christ or what's supposed to be the body of Christ at that point in time. But um, I remember years ago when I was about probably like five or six years old, there was a time as a child I was sleeping. And while I was sleeping, I heard it, it was raining outside and it was thunder. And in that thunder, I heard, I will never leave you nor forsake you. But I didn't know um, what that was. I was very afraid because I was a child. And then I, and it said it again. But I never knew it was like, you know, a voice telling me that it would never leave me nor forsake me. But I did not know as a child that was God's word. That was God's confirmation to me that he's always with me. And so in my life, all of the battles and, and, and hardships and things that I've gone through, it's been the grace of God along the way, every step of the way. And being my provider, my shield, my refuge in times of trouble and just taking care of me and my family. You know, there's so many things that God has done for me in my life that, you know, I, I don't even know how to say thank you, Lord, for what you have done. And the most important thing is for me to come to know Jesus. It's for me to be an, a, a, a disciple of Christ, for me to come and serve the Lord. It's one of the things that God chose to call me to serve him. Even though I didn't deserve it, he chose for me to serve him. In the midst of all of the storm, in the midst of all of the trial and the wars and everything that we had to go through, that God preserved my life for his glory. So I don't take that lightly and I take my calling and relationship with God very seriously and that which God has called me to do, I take it very seriously. So I remember there are times where we didn't have food to eat. There are times where the only thing my parents could afford because of the war was to drink a cup of tea for the day or sometimes we might eat some kind of um let's just say like um like spinach with no meat with no salt or anything prepared no rice to eat it with or anything but to eat that just to keep us going you know and so God was our strength. There, there are times where um, other, you know, we had to take care of other people who didn't have it. We didn't have it, but we were still helping others. My parents were still helping people. My parents, you know, had to, you know, do whatever they can to make sure that their children were take was um were taken care of. And so in a in my, the point for me saying all of this is, is just to show how God has been faithful in my life. And I don't even know why I'm saying this. I don't even know who's going to listen to this. And maybe one day or right now, the Lord might be speaking to you about just trusting and having faith in him. But it has been the Lord all along, all of the things that I've gone through and how God made it so possible for me to come here. God made it possible in a way that I can't even comprehend using people that I have no idea and showing me favor, my family favor to be able to come to the United States. You know, it was the grace of God. And, you know, I'm grateful for being here. I'm grateful for where God has called me to be. I'm grateful to be sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm grateful that God can use me for his glory. And so um, I don't want to just keep talking, but just kind of wait along. Uh, as questions come, I'll be able to um, articulate. I know I said a lot just now, Pam, but, um, you know, I kind of I'll pause for a minute and just wait for you to ask me any specific questions that you would like. Well, first of all, oh, my gosh, what a story. 
That was <laughs> so powerful. And no, you do not need to apologize. You, you share what is on your heart because this is your time to do that. So just go <laughs> as you have things to share. I just want you to take it and run with it. But a couple of things that I wrote down here was that, so growing up, how old were you when you came to uh, the United States? I was about 12 or 13 years old. So I'll be, I just turned 38. So I was about 12, 13 years old when I came to the United States. So here's a question. Coming sure. from the background of what you were growing up in with the civil war, the political unrest, and you said violent and corrupt. Um, and you were talking about how people were being, you know, murdered, slaughtered, families. And then you came to the U.S. Did you did you feel a difference when you when you were here? Did you immediately feel safe and secure? What did it take time for you to to know that this was different? It was different here. How did it seem different to you? I'm just really curious coming from that because you were old enough to have memories of what that oh, was. Yeah. And now oh, you're yeah. here. What was that like? Kind of unpack that for us a little. Well, let me, you know, at first I was homesick because I was pretty young and I left my family. Um, I left my friends at school and, you know, just some aspect of my life was kind of left behind. And, um, but it was different in a sense that the culture was different because there are some things that I noticed in school or some things that I observed that was totally different from American culture compared to, you know, an African culture where I'm coming from. And one of those things where I would say like, you know, the understanding of who God is in, in a sense of, even though I didn't really know the Lord, but we had that respect and reverence for God. And in some, like in some environments, in some schools that I went to, they really weren't, you know, great knowledge or understanding of who the Lord is. Number one, number two, um, respect, you know, because I had to deal with a lot of, you know, um, seeing a lot of the young, younger, you know, um, kids my age who were kind of being disrespectful to teachers and being disrespectful to, you know, adults. And for me, that was a culture shock because it, that's something you don't do. But, um, you know, I felt safe and I felt it was different because I had to get readjusted to everything all over again. I got, you know, I had to know um, people in a different way, how you communicate, even the very words that were being spoken to me, I had to learn how to understand what was being told to me, how to be able to articulate what I'm saying and what I meant, you know, because, you know, so I think everyone doesn't, you know, so there's some things I might say that maybe someone from my country or the continent of Africa might understand, but then if I run into someone else and explain that, they might not get it. So it's a whole lot of difference. There's a lot of differences that I have to kind of get adjusted to. And the number one thing was, um, I would say for me, was language. Trying to explain myself and articulate, adjust to what's being said in certain slogans or slangs that were being spoken. I had no idea what was being said. So that was one of the biggest um, things that I had to get adjusted to. And then just interaction with people and how, you know, other kids with teachers or adults, it was a huge adjustment. So oftentimes I would be called um, 
teacher's pet because oh well, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to be disrespectful. That's not how I was raised. So it's it's a lot of different things <laughs> I can say. Yes, and I find it interesting that with all the political unrest that you speak of, that was in your home country, the corruptness within the the political realm, which yeah. is like the governing realm, right? And right. Yet, and yet that you were brought up with respect, you respect your elders, you don't talk back to teachers, right? And so even though in this official capacity, there was none of that, obviously, yes. as a culture and as a people, that still was very prevalent to you growing up until coming over here, there was a culture shock. I find that interesting to me that that was the way things were in your life, even though the overarching, you know, it, uh, the political scene was the opposite. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah I mean, and, and you know, and it goes for home. My parents were very, were strong disciplinarian. We had strict schedules. My dad, my mom were strong disciplinarian. And, um, you know, we always, they always kept us grounded on what they expected us to do. And we were always, you know, it was limited of how many things, you know, we could do really, because uh, we have to put restrictions on, you know, your children at some point and not allowing them in every circle with everyone. Because when you keep allowing certain things, then that's how you're able to learn things that you have no business learning or doing that you have no business doing. So um, they were, you know, they were very, you know, adamant. Um, our schedule was pretty strict. We went to school, from school, you know, from home. Um, Saturdays were spent doing activities at church, um, pretty much. Wow. Yeah. Like it has served you well. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Well, you know, I just want to take a moment there to pause for parents to hear to Sarah's story, like growing up in a toxic environment as far as the government and those and the powers that be are concerned, seeing all the destruction, and we haven't even gotten to the part yet about what you shared about your mom almost dying in front of you, all of this, and then her being uprooted from her family and brought over here and then having to like relearn and re-navigate through all of that. Yet I'm not hearing you talking about how you went off on a hiatus on your own, went into like some rebellious streak. I'm not trying to paint a picture of Susera as a perfect person, but I'm not hearing that. I'm hearing that you have stayed on target with living the God kind of life and following your faith, that your faith became yours. You weren't living on anybody's coattails or any mm -hmm. sort of church affiliation that but that your faith became yours and you've lived it out and that you're giving that credit back to mom and dad who ran a tight ship and who made god in some form or fashion be part of your life and look at how that has paid off and so i just want to bring attention to that to parents who are thinking is this worth it when I'm sending them to youth group or we're getting up and going to church on Sunday or when mm -hmm. I'm saying no to certain things that other parents are saying, yeah, sure, go ahead. Look at Sue Sarah coming from all of that stuff that she went through and look at her life now and how she is living 
example, but a living epistle. Mm -hmm. that's, a, that's a real big deal. And so I also yeah, want you for that as well. So thank you. Yeah. And, you know, and not to say that everything was perfect, but I can tell you that there's so many things, you know, even up to fully um, committing myself to the Lord. But there's always been that knowledge and fear of God in terms of um, knowing what to do and not to do. Yeah. You know, the seeds that you plant in from even my son now, I have a four year old son and um I don't know. There's some things that I don't allow. I don't even allow him to uh, go around any everyone. And uh, we have to raise standards according to God's word. Has believed what I know now, and compared to what I knew then. Even though I grew up in a Episcopal church, there are some things I could learn from there that the word of God. But fully, a lot of people were not truly following the word of God within that body of Christ and. Um, there are things that I saw with, within there, and later on, I could talk a little bit about following Christ and living for Christ, which kind of led me to do my book years later. But we are representative of who Christ is. It's one thing to be called a Christian, and another thing to be to live the Christian life. Yes, you know, and I hope someone hears me. And this is why we see so much chaos and so many things going on in the world today. Because, you know, especially when it comes to our faith and people are just, you know, walking away or giving up on the word of God. Because a lot of us, even though we are, you know, calling ourselves Christians, but behind closed doors, the things that we do is totally different than what we should do as believers in Christ. Living a double life. Exactly. Exactly. So for me, you know, I did. I don't. I never wanted to be that person who would live a double standard life. So what you see now, you can. Anyone can come to my house at any moment. I promise you, I'm not hiding anything and not living a double standard lifestyle. I've seen people that I know who are preaching or doing something and doing um, living a totally different lifestyle than anything else, and that's deception. So I think that even though we're not perfect, we're never made to be perfect. That's why we need Jesus. But with the help of the Holy Spirit, we can live a life that the life of, of holiness and righteousness, obedience to God's word, that which He has called us to do. Yeah, love that living in that place of obedience. And yes. uh, when you said that, it remind I, I was taken back in time to many many years ago. When um, there was a, a couple that were, my husband and I were not yet parents. And there was this couple in our church that had six kids. We have six kids now. So uh, at that time, we didn't have any, but this family had six kids. And the wife kind of took me under her wing and uh, to, to train me or to just teach me or just be there for me as I was a young um newly married woman and i remember her saying you can come to our house anytime that you want kind of thing similar to what you just said and she mm -hmm. said because what i am on the outside is who i am on the inside so yes. you're gonna see the same thing in our home that you see out there and yeah. to me, that was revelatory to sarah because so mm -hmm. many people live like you talked about before a double life. Yeah. And 
they are not the same out here that they are at home. And again, that's not about being perfect, right? Right, right. To be perfect, we'll never attain that. There's yes. only one that is perfect. But yeah. allowing our lives to be transformed and changed, really, and not having those hidden parts of our heart or our life. Like you can have this, but you can't have that. You know, exactly. God is so faithful. If we're saying, I'm going to, I'm going to cover this up, but you can't have it. He's like, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. one day you'll get a hold of it, you know, and, and we'll yeah. be all the better for it. But I wanted to circle back to this with your mom. You said the gun didn't go off and then it was yes. like, like, okay. Like my brain stopped right there. What do you mean the gun didn't go off? <laughs> Tell well, us about that. Well, at this point, I believe I was about five and a half or just turned six. So, the, okay. So back uh, in Africa, where I, well, I was in Liberia, during that time frame with the war, people were getting murdered for all kinds of reasons. You know, um, if you might have a neighbor, who, uh, that neighbor didn't like you. And because that neighbor didn't like you, that neighbor would set you up to get murdered for anything. I remember um, at that point in time when the war started, we were leaving our home, and uh, because my, you know people in the neighborhood knew who my dad, where my family was, because he was a politician, and um, sometimes when people are envious of you, they would do things just to kind of like you know, I mean the devil is wicked. I would say that he would use people um, to be I don't know what to say really to take your life and so at that point in time i remember while we were leaving we had to leave our home um, at that time when we realized that things were getting my parents realized parents realized that things were kind of getting out of control it was already too late to leave the country or that particular location so what happened um we got in a car and we were driving from our house our home our compound and um we had some neighbors who blocked the road so we don't leave because they were killing politicians and their families at that point in time. If you were a politician or if you work in the government, whatever you know position you had, you were a target, you and your family. So they would literally wipe out your entire um, household. But on this particular day, I remember um, some rebels came where I left our home and were, were staying with my, my, my aunt, who is my mother's sister. And so we were taking, you know, refuge there, you know, low key and not and no attention, just being regular folks and just trying to survive during the war. So I remember that day we had a few um, couple of, uh, you know, fighters, rebels that came to our home and um, they commanded everyone to come out of the houses. So, you know, my siblings and I were standing there, uh, my parents, but they called my mom specifically. And they said because my mom was heavyweight, because she's a big lady, they said that, you know, she's been one of the people who were enjoying the money from the government. You know, um, you're living a good life pretty much, you know, because your husband or perhaps you work with the government. And so and they're never they've never met my mother before. They've never met my family. But this is just a mindset that they had, which is very ignorant. But they believe that and a lot of people were slaughtered. A lot of people were slaughtered. A lot of families were killed because they're from a particular tribe. So I remember that day we we're all begging them, please, you know, don't don't do that. Don't kill our mom. Everybody was crying. But then as they tried to, sh to, to shoot to, to shoot my mom, the gun never went off. It was just stuck just like that. And so 
that's, you know, I'm just grateful to God. And, you know, I can give you so many instances of how God has been my protection, our protection, not just my protection, our protection, protection for the family. And a lot of people haven't experienced certain things. So understand that when, when you meet people from different parts of the world, the faith that they have in the Lord is strong, is solid, is unshakable because of the things that we've gone through. It's unshakable because of the situation that the Lord has allowed us to overcome only by his grace and mercy, knowing the fact that it's because of what Jesus did that we are still here. So when you understand, you have that mindset, no matter what is said, no matter what doubt or whoever comes and try to tell you what, you know, God is not real, you're not going to entertain that because you know that you know that you know that I serve a God that is living, that is true, and that nothing by any means can change that. You know, I remember in that same area where my mom was almost murdered. The hill was kind of on the, the house. One of the houses was on top of a hill. And whenever they would, they would um, launch or send a grenade or a bomb, I don't even know why I'm talking about this, the war thing. I don't know if you talk about it. But I remember one instance. Um, let's just say the house is behind me and then over on the front, there are other houses down there, but they're like a swamp area. I remember whenever they were saying that they're sending like a bomb or something behind us or something, you have to go the opposite direction because if it falls behind you and something blows up, you're not going to get hurt. So I remember that day I'm running forward with my family going back and forth and I look up in the sky and I saw like a silver cross in the sky. No one else saw that, but I saw that silver cross. And even though I was younger and I didn't really understand all of the things that, you know, how God has been in my life along the way. But sometimes I sit and I think and I remember that voice in the thunder that said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You know, so. I mean, that's the hope that we have. And I mean, I'm just making the story short for you, my life story short, um, for the sake of time and other obligations after the podcast. But, you know, it's been God along the way. There's so many things that God has allowed me to go through in my life, all for his glory. I don't even know what else to say. I don't even know how to say it. I don't even know how to just because it's been him all along that's carried me and my family through throughout the years. You know, so I wanted to just share that and I wanted to just encourage somebody today. Don't doubt that God is no matter the circumstances or trials that you're going through, God is faithful, He's real, Jesus is real. You know, and, and I always tell people, you know, in America, when someone is hungry, in America, God is not the first option. Bottom line, God is not the first option because if you're hungry, well, you know what? I'll go to social services. I'll get, you know, a food stamp card or I'll go to the local church or somewhere to get food. But when you're living in Africa, you're living by the mercies of God that you know that if God do not provide that meal that you need, you will not eat for that day. If God do not provide that water that you need, you will not drink water that day. So the level of food, the level of certainty is different because we have only the Lord to depend on. Whereas here in, many, in so many ways, when you need rent, 
You know, if you, you, you know what, I'll go to um, social services and I'll apply for some kind of funding. But in Africa, if you don't have a place to stay, if you don't have money to pay the rent, you don't have a job, it's only the grace and mercy of God that can carry you through. You know, so no matter the, the things that you're going through, we need, especially in this season and time where the whole world is falling, is, well, it's not falling apart, but it's falling in place with the coming of Christ. This is the time that we all need to be nearer to the cross. This is the time that we need to have a faith in the Lord. No matter what they're telling you, no matter what the government says, the principality, whatever they're saying, you say, but God. You know, no matter what they're telling you, our faith is in Jesus. It's not in man. It's not in government. It's not in people. But we put our faith in the Lord. That's who we stand on. You know, there's a song that says, on Christ the solid rock that stand, all other ground is shaking sand. Christ is the solid rock that we stand on. Jesus is that solid rock that we're standing on. Because if we're not standing on the rock of Jesus, we're just going to fall. We're going to be discouraged. We're going to go back rather than going forward in the things of God. Amen. Oh my gosh, that was so good. It's so good. And you know, when you're speaking, I'm, I'm going, yeah, you know, like you have had to put your faith to work and faith is trust. It's a trust. Yes. And in what you went through, like you said, I there was no like, well, I can fall back on this special service or this or that. If there was no food there was no eating, if there was no water, if there was, there was no drinking, if that gun went off. Yes. That was it. That was all right. And so yeah. your faith was put to the test, if I can put it that way, from the very beginning. Yes. And when we get used to the comforts, and I'm not against the comforts, by the way. That's wonderful that this nation is blessed. Our nation is yes, blessed. absolutely. But you're right that people are not necessarily looking up or hitting their yeah. knees. They're looking for provision that's coming from here when really yes. what we need. Well, yes, it's what we need. But folks, yeah. look and listen to Cicera here, to her story, because of her faith development do you think you could talk her out of believing that god is alive and real in her life no <laughs> i wouldn't even want to no. try right yeah. but because yeah. of that that develops a faith level and a trust level that we know that we know when we're knower and our knower deep down inside that we're never alone Yes. There's somebody that will fight the battles for you and through you and stand yeah. with you and that is you know, your big brother, you know, your father, your Abba, all of this. If yes. we, I, I heard a minister say this, and I just want to capsule this and then go on to the next question with you, that God can get more done sometimes in a time of persecution. Yes. Than in a time of high blessing. Now, I'm, I would rather the blessing, okay? And I walk in the blessing. We walk and we live in the blessing. But in these times, when you can't go and find what you're looking for out here, and you can't make it happen in here, and we have to look within, look up, whatever you want to call it, for finding God. Yeah. That is where the, the rubber meets the road and where faith becomes real. And... Mm -hmm. People can be in two different spots of, uh, 
and have and go through the same experience and one person can come out the way Sue Sarah is saying I know that my God provides and somebody mm -hmm. else comes out saying you know riff raff rip, 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 right because they don't have that foundational faith that Sue Sarah is talking about today and that faith has set her apart and that faith has caused her to rise into the place that she is today. And um, Sue Sarah has a book that I am so excited to have her share about this book because it is the book that has brought her, well, she, it, her life brought her to the place that she wrote the book. And now it's out. And that book can help you in your faith walk. So Sue Sarah, if you are ready we want to hear about your book so tell us about it okay so the book is called self-reflection um walking with jesus and so what this book really it came from a place um my own personal relationship with the lord because what i found in um I was a years, a few years back when the Lord allowed me to go through some things in a particular body of Christ I was connected to. And so um, in the midst of that, there was so much hurt and so many um, unforgiveness that had kind of built up inside of me personally, both personally and in my spiritual life. And so what ended up happening, I was serving the Lord, but really inside of me, there was no peace. And I was not being obedient in terms of what the Lord needed me to do. So here I am running around doing you know, uh, the work of the Lord, but inside of me, um, there was a whole lot that needed to be dealt with in the presence of the Lord. And so what the Lord allowed me to remember, hey, listen, my, you know, it's a personal thing. You're moving around like Martha. You're moving around and you're serving me. And I was on so many ministries in the church and, you know, intercessory, pastoral team, uh, you know, youth team, youth ministry, children's ministry, women's ministry. Um, I was the coordinator for the Bible school and, um, you know, praise and worship team and all kinds of stuff I'm doing. But inside of me, what the Lord kept reminding me, you need to sit in my presence and deal with that issue, deal with that heart, because your heart needs to be transformed. And so what it is, like many of us as believers, there's a lot of things inside of us, a lot of unforgiveness and bitterness and things inside of us. We're, we think that we're going straight to heaven, but inside of us, we're not clean, we're not pure. The word of God says that uh, um, if I I regard iniquity in my heart that you know he will not hear me and so i started to seek the lord because i wanted to forgive there's been a lot of wounds in here i hear people who talk about being wounded by church and in uh the church family and what the church has done to them but really even though yeah there are things that happen in the church but a lot of us haven't dealt with those things and so what happens while we're ministering to other people or, or pastoring other churches or ministry we're also hurting other people so we haven't dealt with that issue and so what the lord allowed me to do was remove my study removing from that particular environment and for a year almost two years i did not minister i did nothing to serve what to do with my heart issue and in my time of self-reflection the lord delivered me from unforgiveness and all of the things that i was dealing with inside of my heart because really it's so easy for us to look at someone on the outside and assume that they're so perfect they're righteous in the eyes of god but the bible says that our righteousness is our filthy rags you say that you 
you know, um, we judge from the outer appearance, but God looks at us. He looks at our heart. What is inside your heart? Everyone can see what's inside your heart, but God sees it. And so for me, and not just then, but even now, there are some things that I don't do because I value my relationship with God. And if there's something the Holy Spirit is telling me, I would not do it until I have dealt with it in the presence of God. And so during that time frame, the Lord allowed me to write a book called Self-Reflection, Walking with Jesus, for Christians to take that time to see, like, listen, I've been there. I've dealt with my own stuff when it comes to serving the Lord and being wounded by the body of Christ. But when it comes down to it, your relationship with God is what matters. When it comes down to it, you have to decide letting it go, forgiving other people and having a heart that is pure in the sight of God because it's for your good. The Bible says in the book of Matthew chapter 6 verse 14, he said, if you forgive others just trespasses, I will forgive you. When you read in other versions, it said, if you forgive others just trespasses, your faults, not nurturing the hurt that it hinders your relationship with God, God said, I will also forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive, I won't forgive you. That means that while you're holding on to unforgiveness from someone, you are praying to God, oh Lord, forgive my sins. Your sins are not being forgiven because you're holding on forgiveness from someone else. And what makes you think that God is going to forgive you? So that's something that I had to remember. And I had to seek the Lord because there was so much hurt. And so many pain that I had to go through. But it was all for the glory of God that when I stand and encourage other people in their walk and relationship with God, I know that it's genuine. You know, and encourage, listen, you know, it's a self, it's a reflection of your relationship with God. When you're serving the Lord, it's not what others see, but you need that time with the Holy Spirit. You need to spend time with the Lord to be faithful, to be truthful. The Bible says, be holy because I am holy. Spend time in the presence of God. Spend time seeking the face of God to deal with that issue in your heart. You can't continue to be, you know, deceitful or live a double standard lifestyle, thinking that because no one else sees what you're what you're doing, you're just going to get away with it. It doesn't work like that. So really, I wrote this book. It's not much, um, many pages, but it was something simple enough to encourage others in your walk and relationship with God. Not just saying I'm a Christian, but living a, a Christian of a, of a lifestyle that glorifies God, the lifestyle that is true, a lifestyle that you know that God wants us to live as believers in Jesus Christ, not because we want to show others that we're the best apostle or, or, or bishop or whatever title that you call yourself. No, but to live according to God's word. And so, self reflection, you know, it allows you to be in the presence of God and also allow the Lord to you know to minister to you, the Holy Spirit to cleanse you, the Holy Spirit to allow you. To so, you know, to be faithful and true in your walk and relationship with God. Oh, that's so powerful. And, you know, so often in faith circles, right? Yes. We want to put on our faith mask. Yes. Our faith costume and, and, our, and our faith words. Yes, everything's wonderful. I'm blessed and highly favored, right? Yeah, and all yeah. Things. And, and, you know, Jesus even spoke about that in the Bible to, yeah. the, to the religious ones of the day and said, you guys are a brood of snakes. I mean, basically, you know, you're whitewashed. You know, you're not being truthful yes. to yourself. You are operating out here what you think it should look like. And, you know, the scriptures say that out of the what? The mouth, what speaks? The heart. The abundance of the heart, yes. The heart is speaking. So um, what Sue Sarah is saying today is 
so oftentimes we get ourselves programmed in the way we think we are supposed to be behaving, the way we think God wants us to behave, the way we think mom or dad or whoever or culture wants us to behave. But really, we need to be to thine own self be true and not to my own selfish ways. But I'm here by design. There's something yes. that I'm supposed to do. All of us are yes. supposed to do. It's a divine design, not by default, right? Yes. So in yes. this book of self-reflection, you get gut honest with God, with your creator, with yourself. Who am I? What are my inner battles? What are those skeletons in the closet? Let's deal with the elephant in the room and let's yeah. get real. Let's get healed. Let's get over all of these things. And you know, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, there are just some things that can only be taken care of by Abba, and that's Hebrew for father, for daddy. Yeah. Only by Father God can they be addressed and taken care of. And when we're really ready to be transparent, just transparent with him and with ourselves and not be like, oh, you can't deal with this. Oh, you know what? What, what are you talking about? I don't have that over there. Like when yeah. we're really ready to do that. A book yeah. like this, yes. oh my goodness, it's going to be, it will be used mightily to set you free. So Sarah, yeah. how do people, number one, find this book? How do they get it from you? The book is on Amazon. Amazon um, carries my book currently. Um, you can type in self-reflection, walking with Jesus. And uh, my name is pretty long, so I'm pretty sure you were added on for people to be able to find me. You can add a family on Facebook. The name of my ministry is called All for Grace Ministries, or you can find uh, my personal profile. You can reach out to me personally, and I can always mail the book out to you for a purchase if you like to. Um, but I ask everyone, if you are led to... Um, to buy. You're not, I'm not asking, you're not forced, but if the Holy Spirit leads you to get a book, please feel free to get it. Um, but, you know, my own prayer is that God will encourage each and every one of us in our walk and relationship with him to be truthful and to be sincere in our relationship. But um, those are the ways that you can find me. You can message me. If you find me on Facebook, um, you can message me as well. And uh, message me through my uh, ministry page, which is All for Grace Ministries International, um, and then also on Facebook with my profile, so Sarah JJ Imadi Jamo. Wonderful, and that's all in the description, everybody. So you can follow her, be encouraged. If you want so Sarah to come along and be a part of your journey through her book, or you want to reach out to her for uh, to speak at something that you have going on or and get involved in her prayer ministry there's so much there yes. for you so sarah is there anything else that's on your heart that we didn't touch on today not at all i would just encourage everyone listening now this is the time for us to be about our father's business it's time for us to be active proactive in serving the lord and talking about Jesus. It's never about us, no matter your titles, your position, your accomplishments. It's all about Jesus. And I just want to encourage everyone here. Uh, perhaps it's, you know, there are other ministers that might be listening or someone else, you know, that if you never knew Jesus, you know, please, this is the time to come to the Lord and just know who Christ is. Um, it's time for us as ministers of the gospel to share 
the gospel. Don't be ashamed. For Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. In the book of 1 Corinthians verse uh, chapter 1, verse 18 says, For the message of the cross is foolishness for those who are perishing. But for those who are being saved, it is the power of God unto salvation. So I pray that the Lord will empower each and every one of us to draw nearer to him and empower us to go and, and, and share the gospel and just lead others to Christ. Oh, Amen. So and you know what? It is a message that we are supposed to be delivering the message of, of love, the message of truth. When people know that they're not alone, yes. that God isn't up there, you know, <laughs> mad at them or condemning them, yes. but just loving them. It, yeah. it, it does. The scripture says that the love of God compels people. Yes. It draws them. Why not you? Why don't you be the farmer of that? Why don't you be the, the seed planter of that? And you, meaning all of us here today, we yeah. can have a farmer's ministry. We can go out there and sow seed after seed after seed into somebody else's life. And it will not return void because that is scripture that God's yes. word does not return void. It goes out and accomplishes what it has sent forth to do. Look at what it has accomplished in Sue Sarah's life. Look Amen. at what has been accomplished in her life. She's here today. Amen. You've heard her story. You've heard these incredible, and this is just probably just the top of the iceberg. I'm imagining we can go a lot deeper with a many yes. more things <laughs> her life than we just tapped on today in 45 minutes. Seriously. <laughs> Oh, Susanna, thank you for encouraging us today, encouraging my faith. You're welcome. Oh, my gosh. You are such a testimony of the goodness of God, the power of God, power of the cross. Come on. You, you just you embody it. So thank you for being here and sharing your story. Thank you for having me. I'm so grateful. I appreciate it. It's a blessing. And. We'll have to have you back again. And so, Sarah, yes. you are mm -hmm. just a treasure. And I am want to talk at all. If we have another minute, like about the prayer ministry or how people might plug into that if they want to come and be a part of prayer. Yes, the Women's Ministers online platform are specifically for women ministers who are ministering around the world. Um, so what we do is to bring women all from all over the world to come together on this platform, Women's Ministers online platform, where we come together and share Christ and, you know, in different aspects of, you know, the gospel. Uh, there are some in different parts of the world who are you know, serving in orphanages and just different things that we're doing. On Saturday, I host a weekly women's um, program called Women's Chat Zone, where we talk about issues and topics specifically related to women in ministry. So our goal is to empower women as they're serving the Lord, empower women in your walk with God and just, you know, Sometimes we all need the encouragement. There are things that we go through as women. And I think coming together for the sake of the gospel will continue to you know, push us to persevere as we're here and fulfilling our purpose here on earth. Beautiful. And I have had the privilege of being a part of those different functions, those different outreaches and ministries that she just shared about. They're so powerful. So check them out, ladies. Check them out. You want to be a part of it. Once you're there, you're going to want to come back. It's so encouraging. And it's all over the world. It's so yeah. fun. Because <laughs> you're literally praying with people from all over the globe, doing all these different things. And you get to see 
what faith does and what we do as a body, a literal body of believers, a company of believers all over the world. It's so cool what you are doing there and bringing all the body together then to to testify, to pray, to share, to teach, to exhort one another. Thank you, Sue Sarah. Thank you so much. And I want to thank all of you who have been here today, listening, learning, growing. I know that your faith has been jolted and encouraged today, and you're going to reach out to Susara. In fact, would you do us a favor? Would you like, subscribe, share, comment? I believe that this story, already be it global, needs to be you know viral so let's send it around so that people hear it all over and allow sue sarah's story to change even more lives so thank, thank you in you. advance for being thank you so much. for us and remember you are here on purpose with a purpose by design not by default so go on out there and be the salt and the light everywhere you go Thanks for tuning in today. See you next time. Bye. Ascend Above the Crowd is the newest course by Pamela Hinkle. Ascend is a self-paced email course that will come directly to your inbox and will change your mindset and your life. Each week, you will receive lessons, resources, challenges, and journal writings that will help you discover your purpose by design. It's your time to ascend above the crowd. To learn more about Ascend, go to www.purposewithpamela.com forward slash ascend. Pamela Hinkle is the founder of The Purpose Center. Pamela is a mindset mentor, author, speaker, minister, and transformation coach. Her weekly podcast, international radio show, and television show are a lifeline that changes lives and inspires people to discover their individual potential through realizing their purpose by design. Pamela is a natural motivator and has shown many how to find their niche and transform their lives. Although success is an uphill battle, Pamela gives the necessary strategies to flourish, cheering you on every step of the way. Pamela shares from her personal experiences, education, and life as a woman in leadership, utilizing decades of knowledge. Taking the approach of, let's have coffee and chat, she will awaken your dreams and purpose by design. Are you ready for Pamela to help guide you? Email us at purposewpamela.office at gmail.com or go to her website at purposewithpamela.com.